Generation X has been so ignored. And middle-aged women in particular have been so ignored. And there is an opportunity here to like say something about us and what we're facing that's new and different. Hey there, I'm Amy and welcome to the podcast, Fearlessly Facing 50. This podcast is about conversations and connections. And my mission is to encourage women over 40 to live their best life. You know what, ladies, we haven't peaked yet and we are just getting started. So if you're ready for some real talk with real people and real conversations about what really matters, you found the right place. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get started. Let's get real. Hey there, I'm Amy Schmidt, host of the Fearlessly Facing 50 podcast, and thanks for joining in the episode today. So this episode is going to be digging deep into Gen Xers. If you've fallen between, what is it, 1965 and 1980, this is one for you, I'll tell you. So Think about when you were little. Did you ever hear the term, the world is your oyster? You can do anything you want to do. Generation X, Gen Xers, we heard that a lot. And today I'm so excited to have with me the award-winning journalist, Ada Calhoun, an author of the new book, Why We Can't Sleep. An amazing read. And I have to be honest, the minute I picked it up and started diving in, I couldn't put it down. It was that relatable. Ada talks to over 200 women at midlife and really, really digs deep into things that are specific to our generation. So Ada is a New York Times bestselling author. She's written some great books. She's been a ghostwriter for many books. She's written for the New York Times, for O, for Time Magazine, for Atlantic, for the New Republic, you name it. And I'm so excited for my conversation with Ada Calhoun. Enjoy. Well, as I said in my opening, I am thrilled today to have an incredible person on the podcast. You know, I say that every week, but this one really is just somebody I truly admire. And before I introduce the guest today, I want to just say that this book, I couldn't put it down. And it's called Why We Can't Sleep. And it's the new women's midlife crisis. And we talk about this all the time on this podcast. But let's think about it. Middle age for us is so different than it was for our moms and our grandmas. I mean, it's incredibly hard right now to be a midlife woman. Gen X women are really the generation of be more and do more. And I think the data for Gen X, I fall into that, is somewhere between 1965 and 1980. And we were kind of that generation of, you can do it all. You know, the world is your oyster. I mean, I remember my mom saying to me, Amy, you can do it all. But that kind of translated to this generation as you must do everything. So with that, I just want to welcome the incredible Ada Calhoun to the podcast today. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, Amy. It's nice to meet you. Nice to be on. Oh, it's just going to be such a great conversation. And it's such an important thing for you just to tell our listeners about, you know, you talked to over 200 women and this book just really brings it to light for so many. What's it like being a Gen Xer? I just want to get started, if you don't mind, just taking me back to that summer because I either heard on an interview, I think it was, you know, you were away 
And you had these feelings of kind of dread and failure. It was a time in your life where things were changing. Yeah, this was a couple of years ago. I've been a freelancer for about 10 years. It had always gone more or less okay. We would get into debt. We'd get out of debt. It was this cycle of mild panic. But that summer, I'd had just a bunch of jobs fall through. And I realized how on the edge we'd been living. And it really caught up with us. So it had like 20 grand in credit card debt and no work on the horizon at all. And I was the breadwinner. I had a kid going into middle school. I had just felt like my last book. And so it was just kind of one thing after the other. I felt like it was the end of my career. I felt old, tired. And I just was like, this is it. I really hit a crisis point. Mm. You know, I think we've all been there. That just resonates. I'm sure you have those sleepless nights and you're thinking, okay, how can I just put one foot in front of the other? And then you got a call, right? From Oprah. (laughs) It was not from Oprah herself. I was just going to say, was it Oprah? Because that would be amazing. (laughs) I know, it would be great. That would solve all my problems. No, I got a call from an editor at Oprah.com and she's my age. And she said she and her friends were having these rough spells and she wanted to do a big story about our generation of women and would I be interested in writing it? And I was sort of dubious at first. I thought just because I'm kind of miserable right now and she is doesn't mean that women of America are having a hard time or our generation. And I was reluctant to say something sweeping. But then the more interviews I did and the more research I did, I thought, you know what? Generation X has been so ignored. And middle-aged women in particular have been so ignored. And there is an opportunity here to like say something about us and what we're facing that's new and different. And that's what I tried to do in the story and then in the book. Amazing. And your response was incredible, right? Yeah. I mean, that was the most incredible response I've ever had to a story. It came out in like a few days. There were hundreds of thousands of Facebook shares. I had friends who said that their entire Facebook feed was just people sharing the story with them. The testament of the fact that we haven't had that much of an examination of what it's like to be this generation. I think we pay so much attention to millennials and to boomers. And we pay a lot of attention to men in midlife. But I think this whole crew of millions of women has just, it's been like, well, they're fine. I'm sure they're fine. But, you know, we're not all fine. Exactly. And it's so easy for us as women to say, ah, we're fine. Yeah, everything's okay. That's just what we do. It's just kind of our nature. And it was a theme of all the interviews too. I'll say like, you know, so many women I talked to, they would say, I'm lucky. I have no right to complain. (laughs) And then they would tell me these stories they were dealing with a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I mean, that would be an incredible feeling just to have people say, wow, that story that you wrote, Ada, really resonated with me. That must have kind of been the impetus around this book. Was it just saying, okay, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to do this because this is what women need to hear. But were you nervous? Were you scared? It's true that it was people coming and saying, let's talk about this more. They maybe want to do the book, but also it was a little selfish. I mean, I got so much out of those phone calls. I mean, I basically got free therapy from all the experts I called to talk to about our generational problems. And then all these other women, it was like a support group. It was really transformative for me personally. It made me feel so much less alone in what I was going through. So I got as much out of doing the book as people have told me they've gotten out of reading it. Isn't that so amazing? Yeah, I feel that way too. When I talk to people on this podcast, every time... I sign off. I just sit back for a moment and just take a deep breath and say, and I'm filled with gratitude because honestly, it's incredible. I think as women, we share these common threads and it's people like you, Ada, that are challenging women to open the dialogue on these things. And it's so encouraging to people. It's just incredible. So, you know, you spoke with, I think over 200 women across the spectrum 
Tell me about those conversations. I mean, was there a common thread? Because I always say, oh, we all share these common threads and together we're woven into this beautiful masterpiece. Is that true? Do we really share that many commonalities? I think we have a lot in common. Of course, there are plenty of differences, but I do think that all of us who grew up in this era heard a lot of the same things. We watched a lot of the same TV shows. We went through a lot of the same political and cultural Mm -hmm. movements. It had a similar effect on a lot of us, which was to make us believe that we could do anything, we could be anything, we could quote unquote, have it all effortlessly. And then we got to middle age, a lot of us. And if we did have it all, it was not effortless. And many of us did not have all the things we thought we would have. And I think there's a reckoning at that point of why did we think that this was going to be easy? Why did we think that this was all going to be possible for us when the world didn't change that much? I think we went into a world that was not so, so much different than our mothers and grandmothers went into. And yet, We expected of ourselves this ability to get the corner office, have the beautiful family, have a bunch of money in the bank, own a home, do all these things. And the fact is, most of us do not have hardly any of those things. Our generation is downwardly mobile. Only one in four women of our generation out earns her father. And when I started seeing those numbers, I thought, oh, this was kind of a collective delusion. (laughs) We could do all the things without any trouble. That's really interesting. Wow. That's incredible. 40% of Generation Xers are products of divorce. Isn't that another Mm -hmm. statistic? Yeah. Did you talk to that? I mean, were there any women that had similar stories around that being products of divorce? Yeah. I mean, so many women told me that they came out of these divorced households in which nobody paid for college, in which they were latchkey kids. They were expected to do everything for themselves. And yet they were getting this message, reach for the stars, do all these things. But meanwhile, they were working from the time they were 13. They had to somehow come up with tuition by themselves. They had to somehow motivate themselves. And I think it's that push-pull that a lot of women described to me as really haunting them later in life. Yeah, that's really interesting. Hey there, I'm Amy Schmidt, host of the Fearlessly Facing 50 podcast. I wanted to just give a little insight into something that's going on that I think you really enjoy hearing about. Last week's guest, if you were able to listen, was... Jill Angelo, the CEO of a company called Genev, which is really at the forefront of women's health, specifically telehealth, which is really where we're at right now. One thing we talked about was living with vitality at midlife and beyond. And this is really, really what Genev is all about. So what I've done is challenged myself around health. I know that I need to be strong and healthy going into the fall. Given the circumstances with the uncertainty and stress and anxiety, you know, we all need to be at our best shape. So I am going to try something called Vitality. It's a Vitality pack of vitamins from Genev. And they are offering 50% off for any Fearlessly Facing 50 community member, follower, listener. By simply going to genev.com and going into the website and there you can go to products and you can find this Vitality pack. If you put in Cannonball 50, the number 50 with the word cannonball before it, you'll receive 50% off. If you're willing to give this a try for a month, I am going to try a month of Vitality Vitamins and see how I feel. I don't know about you, but for me, just lack of sleep, (laughs) sleeping problems, thinning hair, hot flashes, everything that you kind of experience at this phase of life, I pretty much check all those boxes. So I'm going to give this a try and just a shout out to Jenna for giving all of the followers, listeners, fearlessly facing 50 community, 50% off 
So you can go to genev.com, G-E-N-N-E-V.com and check it out. And if you go ahead and purchase your Vitality and you want to give it a try with me, shoot me an email at amy at fearlesslyfacing50.com. 50 is spelled out. And we will do this together and you'll get a shout out on the podcast. You may even be a guest on one of my live shows. So let's do this together. Go into the fall of 2020 stronger and healthier than ever. Another thing I think we do, and you mentioned it, we kind of are the women that always apologize, right? We're Mm -hmm. always the ones that apologize. I don't understand that. I don't feel that that is as prevalent in other generations of women, but I just feel like we're always comparing. We were kind of that generation of working moms or non-working moms. I mean, a lot of it was before social media. Comparison is out there all the time for women, but do you think we are that generation of always apologizing? Yeah. I mean, I think that even in those interviews, when people were telling me they felt ashamed to be complaining, they felt ashamed if they weren't satisfied. And I do think that they had gotten the message. You have all these opportunities. Look how lucky you are. And that was something drummed into us by the culture, by maybe our second wave moms who didn't have a lot of the same opportunities and were so happy for us and wanted us to appreciate it. But I think it had this real negative effect on a lot of women which is it made them feel like if they weren't happy, if they weren't satisfied or fulfilled, it was their fault. It was because they weren't grateful enough. They weren't practicing Mm -hmm. enough mindfulness and filling out their gratitude journal and all this kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, There's some real cause for complaint. Mm, That's so true. You know, a shame, that's a powerful word, but it really is something that resonates with this generation for sure. Absolutely. So what can we do as moms with daughters right now? How can we change that? For their generation, what can we do now to instill kind of feelings for them that they can look back and say, hey, my mom did this and she felt like she was enough. Are there things we can do? Yeah, I actually saw it in a lot of the women I interviewed. I had one woman that I talked to who had, because of various forces, one of which was not getting support from her family, not been able to go as far as she'd hoped in her education and her career. And she was home with three kids, one of whom had a traumatic brain injury and felt this, again, shame around not having done more. And she brought her daughter to a reading and like pointing at the book, like, look, that's me um, talking about it. And one of the things she'd said to her daughter was, I don't want this to happen to you. I don't want you to not be satisfied with your life. I want you to find a way to be happy and for that to be enough for you. Mm, I love that. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah, you are enough. I mean, that's so true. We just weren't the generation that ever felt we were enough. And you said that in an interview and that resonated with me. You asked women that you were talking with, how much is enough? And they really struggled answering that. Yeah. And that was something that I realized in the course of doing the book that I had really had so much trouble with was I always had this feeling that if I could just get over the next hill, then there would be security. If I could just get the next check, then I'd be solvent. It was kind of this constant in the future striving. And Mm -hmm. I finally realized, you know what? Like if I'm a freelancer, it's going to be feast or famine forever. (laughs) And if if I'm, you know, writer and not whatever. And even now it's like, what is security? Where do you find security? And I think you have to find it just in this sense of peace inside yourself because the external world, as we know very well right now, is always going to be in flux, is always going to kind of present chaos to you. Yep. Just where we are now. It always is. And I think we learn as midlife women too. We've kind of been there, done that. I'm finding that women like to be in a position of power, certainly, but sometimes that means giving up control. And I think that all comes with age and wisdom. Sometimes you just have to let things unravel 
and be able to pivot during chaotic situations and uncertainty and realizing and giving yourself permission to say, hey, I can't control everything. I can't be everyone to everything. That's an ongoing challenge for me, I know. And I think for a lot of women this age. Yeah, I think so too. And I do wonder if it goes back some to how we grew up and how we really had to rely on our own wits. Kids right now, their parents know a lot more, I think, about what they're doing and who they're around and they pay a lot more attention. And back then there really was this sense that kids can just leave the house in the morning and come back at night and who knows where they are with doing. (laughs) As a result, we really had to take care of ourselves. And it was a dangerous time in a lot of ways in this country. And if we reached middle age, we did something right and we survived it. So I think that it's hard now to say, okay, well, I don't have to do everything because we grew up thinking, you know, we do for our survival. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm very proud of you. I just think it's a fantastic book, has a fantastic message. Take me back to that day when you finished. You wrote your acknowledgments, you cited everything, all of your work. Take me back to that moment. I've written a few books and I've ghostwritten a lot of books and it always feels really good to send them off to an editor. I especially was lucky in this case because I had editors who were really supportive and kind of in it with me. So I was able to send them off and And it just did. It felt really, really special. Mm, I bet it did. I mean, you just send it. It's like your child. You turn it over and you just send it out to the universe. And the response has been incredible, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I just, this is also new for me. I've hit the Times bestseller list as a ghostwriter many times, but never with my own book. Oh, amazing. Seeing my own name on the list that I hadn't anticipated being so satisfying, but it actually felt really good. You're proud of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you should be. That is just amazing. Are there women that you really admire? Or I always feel that the power of mentorship for women is so important. Are there women that have really inspired you on your journey? Oh, yeah, there are lots. You know, I have a lot of friends who are reporters, like national security reporters and Mm -hmm. A-section Times reporters who work so hard and they pay so much attention. They're so rigorous and I admire that. Yeah. So much I try, even though I'm doing things that feel a, like slightly less dire, I try to emulate them as much as I can. Mm, I think that's so important. Those friendships and the power of those mentors are just so important. And especially now too, you know, at a time when there is so much uncertainty in the world, those powers of connections and conversations with people that inspire you are so important. One question I love to ask my guests on my podcast is if you were sitting on the couch, Ada, and you look over to your left and there is Ada Calhoun at 30 sitting there, what advice would you give her? I would say not to worry so much. And I'm sure I would not (laughs) listen to myself. (laughs) I love that. You know, no one has ever said that, that you wouldn't listen to yourself. (laughs) I love that. I love that response. That's so honest and so true. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately... I wish I would have said, uh, but yeah. yeah. You know, with age comes wisdom. It's like wine, it gets better with age. So what's next mm-hmm. for you? I mean, are you working on another book? What do you think your next five years looks like? I like doing a lot of different kinds of projects and I try not to get pigeonholed into any one thing. So I'm working on a book right now about a poet from the fifties. I've got like, I'm working, trying to learn how to write screenplays. I'm just, I'm trying to do a lot of different things just to, to keep it fresh. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know you got a lot going on. I mean, you've got kids in middle school, a kid going off to medical school. I mean, all of these things. And as women, we just balance it all. We master the art of reinvention. We really do. We just continue to forge (laughs) ahead. And I think that's pretty amazing. Do you have a mantra or a motto or a 
affirmation that you tell yourself every day? Anything like that? Not really, but I will say that I get bored super easily. So I try to make every day slightly different. I don't have a lot of routines or schedules and things like that. I tend to just chase the shiny thing. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you so much. I'm going to link to the episode notes a little bit about the amazing Ada Calhoun and also a link to her book, Why We Can't Sleep, The Women's New Midlife Crisis. I just think it's a must read. It's one on the shelf. I've got a book coming out in May called Cannonball and it's about taking on... Thank you. Yeah, it's about fearlessly facing midlife and beyond. And I think your book, and I would love for my book to be on everybody's shelf someday. It's like the what to expect when you're expecting, but it's what to expect at midlife for women. I really do. I think it's powerful. And I'm so happy that you wrote that book and put it out there. And what's data from women? And it's their voices and it's truth. And that's what's so important. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Ada. I appreciate it. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for everything you're doing to get the word out about women this age. Yeah, you're welcome. I love what I do. It's inspiring. Thanks so much. After every episode, I just sit back and just take a minute and reflect on what I've learned from the guest of the show or the expert that's sharing advice, insight, and knowledge. It's just so incredible. And I'm so grateful for all of the guests that are sharing their stories and being bold and having their cannonball moments. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the podcast, I encourage you to leave a review on Apple. You can simply go to Google and search Fearlessly Facing 50 Podcast and you'll be able to find it there. I also encourage you to subscribe. You know, that way you'll get every episode when it drops. So thanks so much for your support. And once again, as I always say, go forth and be awesome. Take care of yourself this week and reach out to someone that just may need a little extra encouragement. We'll be in touch soon.